you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Eric the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. Sherry B. and Jay Macro on tap to help us round out the week on this Friday edition. This is our uh, Friday gumbo show. We call it that because everything within reason, we're always having this conversation, but everything within reason mm-hmm. goes in the pot. There will be people who will write <laughs> us and they will say corn can go. And, 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 and I say absolutely not. I think most of the world says absolutely not. <laughs> I, I think, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Like corn Anyways, can go in the, in, in the, uh, in the crawfish, you know, like a boil, a yeah, crawfish the, boil. Yeah, you could do boil, that. Corn on the cob, you know, mm-hmm. not, you know, yeah, yeah. But you could do like a succotash kind of a Cajun yeah, style. Like you put some sausage in there and maybe like some okra kind of saute it down a little bit. Yeah. Mm, num, num. And then you could do that, like kind of, you know, like a, like a, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know, but, but not in the gumbo, uh, cause it's not, you know, it's not a soup Hmm. and it's not a stew. No. It's gumbo. It is what it is. That, and it is gumbo. Yes. And that's the thing. That's the thing. (laughs) That's what it is. All right. Um, Hey, listen, I, Father's Day is Sunday. Yes, it is. Happy Father's Day early. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. As we celebrate dads. So what I what I what I had in mind, what I had in mind was um, for the duration of the show, not not starting in this segment, because I need to clear some things up. Yesterday, I felt like I was inarticulate. And when I when I. Yes. Yes. We me. Yes. Me. Did I ever mention on this show or in any shows past that um that i have french in my family have i ever mentioned that ever on the air to anyone ever yes did i ever have i ever mentioned my grandpa yes the late peter de who spoke french did have i now, ever I mentioned that if you i don't know if that was on urban or but yes used to be a have, running joke you, you have mentioned it okay. <laughs> <laughs> and outside of the show you've mentioned it yes uh, hey 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 pretty l- much l- recently just... you, mentioned, you mentioned it well, we've been doing a lot of uh, yeah, discussion with our kids. Which has been great discussion. But. Great, great, great discussions. Mm-hmm. Man, just great discussions. Um, But, you know, here's what I regret. This is just, we're all over the place, but it's Friday, so that's what you might expect. Here's what I regret. I regret that at five and six and seven, I just thought that Grandpa Pete was weird. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't understand that he was French. I didn't understand that he spoke English and French like he would say certain words in English and certain words in French. And my memory is always of him wearing like khaki pants (laughs) with a button up shirt that he never buttoned. Like he just, you know, he just sat and he was like an old sage just talking at the back of the house. It's like a shotgun house in New Orleans. And I just remember him being in like the last room, you know, Mm -hmm. and he would talk and he talked like the stereotypical what you imagine Cajun French person, he talked like like that, 
<laughs> you know, like they always just ate crawfish, I guess. And that's how you talk because it's so hot. So maybe that's what that's how it makes your voice. I don't know. Anyway, um, but I but I, I, I say that to say some of the conversations we've been having with our kids about history and about mm. culture and ethnicity and all of these things. Um, I regret that I didn't understand that I should appreciate being able to know him. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, my mom's mom's dad. Yeah. So that would be my great grandfather, right? Your Is that mom's right? Mom. My mom's mom's dad, I think. Yes, I think you're right yes. about that. So my it. mother's grandfather. Yes. So that would be my great grandfather. Yes, and it's yes. amazing that you got to meet him. Yeah, well, but see, I didn't appreciate it. Yeah. I didn't know. It was always one of those things where it's like, don't make me go talk to Grandpa Pete. Like, you know, like you just, you don't want to go back and talk to Grandpa Pete, you know, because he's there and, and he says words you don't really understand, you know. And anyway, I just wish I could have appreciated it more. Um, we did our, we, and some people are going to be like, I can't believe y'all did that. But we did our DNA thing uh, one year. It was actually a Father's Day gift to Will the Great. And I know there are some people who listen and they're like, oh, they got you now. <laughs> <laughs> y'all gave them all your information. You, you guys know. Oh, you it? gave them all. Oh, you gave them a DNA sample. Yeah, they probably um, right, but, you know. I mean, but anyway, um, it was fascinating to get all of those results back. Um, I, I, we, we did it. It was one year we did it and it was yeah. a surprise to you. It was a Father's Day gift. Mm -hmm. um, and then I just joined him because it was buy one, get one. And so I um, <laughs> figured since I was your wife, it was only fitting to do that. And so it was really cool to see the results come back I, I think um 80 percent from uh some some place in Africa and then 20 percent European and I I credit that to my grandpa Pete who I didn't really even want to go talk to when mom would say go hug grandpa like it didn't you know didn't even want to go back there and talk to him so anyways I think that's also where the the love and the uh specificity of the gumbo comes from mm -hmm. mm, yeah. <laughs> all right so it's father's day and in the second segment, we're going to open the phone lines up and we want to hear you celebrate the fathers in your life. Like, I, I mean, let's just pour it on real thick. If you are a, a wife listening and you want to celebrate your husband, who is an amazing father to your children, please call in and that let's make much of dads. Dads are so downplayed in our culture. And it is really a shame, um, especially when you think about being in the family of God and mm. coming to know him as our father, you know, how this understanding and how this, this image is so marred in our culture. So we want to hear from you. If you are a dad listening and you want to celebrate your dad, you want to tell us about how great of a man your dad is or was, I would just love to hear that. I would love for us to just kind of go all in. Um, what I, what I don't want to do is that <laughs> meme that you showed me the other night. <laughs> Guys, so so Will the Great shows me a picture. It's you know how memes are just like very telling in the culture. He shows me a picture, and I wish I had the picture that I could show you. Um, but it was a split screen of um a one sandwich on the top and one sandwich <laughs> on the bottom, and the sandwich on the top was something that Guy Fieri would make. I mean, it was like a big mouth burger, all these layers. I mean, it was just amazing, right? <laughs> and then the sandwich on the bottom was like one of those breakfast things that you heat up in your microwave. <laughs> <laughs> just super thin. Yeah. Just one little piece of meat and, and two pieces of bread. And, <laughs> and then the meme said Mother's Day on top and then Father's <laughs> Day on the bottom. <laughs> 
Yeah, guys. Pretty bad. Now the thing, <laughs> the thing, the thing is that there's some humor in the caricatures of culture because there's some truth in the caricatures of culture, right? <laughs> and so, so this meme, you guys look it up and 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 have a good laugh over it. Uh, this meme is only funny because there's there's some truth to it, right? So. <laughs> Anyway, but fathers are essential, as the T-shirt that Will the Great wears often says. Um, yeah, that's one of my. I get so many I like, love comments shirt. on that shirt, like mm-hmm. so many. Yeah. It's one of those. It's shirts very simple, but it's profound, man, right? It's one of those shirts. I'm like, man, I wish I would have thought of this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, man, all these shirts we kept, man. But anyway, oh man, you just <laughs> like, man. I'm telling you, I think last week oh, I got a comment. Wow. I love that shirt. I mean, yeah, all the time. Yeah, it's, and it's great. Like, it's ah. great. Well, we should probably tell. We should probably tell dads. Which, you know what? We probably should have mentioned that going into this weekend because any mom listening might have wanted to get that T-shirt for, um, for a dad a in shirt. her life, and and now it's not. There's not. There's no time. So you better. <laughs> so you better get that breakfast sandwich. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Oh, just man. kidding. Just oh. kidding. Anyway, the shirt is Fathers Are Essential. It's a very simple shirt. That's what it says. It's it's set in a square, um, but it's very eye-catching. And you cannot wear that without getting some comment on it, even just someone man. to say yes. And it's almost like our culture is saying, man, we, we all know that. Like, we everybody feels that there's sort of like an attack on dads, that dads are devalued or mm-hmm. undervalued. Um, they We have a running joke in our family try to spot the caricatures of dads uh, in movies or sitcoms or things Mm. like that, where they often make the dad the bumbling buffoon of the family. And man, we hate it. Like, we're just like, Oh, come on. Like, look (laughs) at, you see that. And we tell our kids that that is messaging, right? Like that is saying something that isn't true about (laughs) the role and the importance of fathers. That's right. That's right. Yeah. All right. So yesterday I was inarticulate and I just, I felt like I didn't, (laughs) I'm serious. I felt like I didn't communicate well. And it bothers me when I'm trying to make a point, Mm -hmm. but I feel like I don't make that point as well as I could. And then um, there's the possibility of confusion. I will tell you, I haven't, we haven't gotten any emails, at least Will the Great hasn't shared them with me um, on yesterday, but I just did not feel that I communicated uh, 100% with 100% clarity. So yesterday, just to kind of recap, um, we were talking about how labels are not really sufficient anymore. Mm -hmm. You, you can't, depend on the label to tell you what's inside. And we were talking about the church because we were talking about this uh, worldview study that came out of Arizona Christian University that indicated that just over half of U.S. pastors of evangelical churches have a biblical worldview, the exact percentage, 51%. And so as we went through this study and we're talking about it, we came to the place where it started breaking down churches based on their ethnic and cultural makeup. Mm -hmm. And so I was trying to communicate and maybe I should kind of back up and give some of the percentages. So the cultural research center at Arizona Christian university described their findings as quote, not as expected when the report found that 42% of pastors leading all or mostly white churches had a biblical worldview. By contrast, 34% of pastors in mixed congregations uh, composed primarily of white and Hispanics, possessed a biblical worldview. And that was followed by 31% of those leading churches attended by a multi-ethnic group, then down to 27% when the church is mixed ethnicity, but mainly black or predominantly black. And then it just kept going on from there. 
And so one of the points that I was trying to make is why would you see the biblical worldview continue to slide Mm -hmm. with the increase in diversity in the church? And then also depending on what that diversity is comprised of, the point I was trying to make is that whenever you have done something wrong for a long time and your eyes are open to the fact that you have done something wrong, there tends to be an overcorrection, right? So let me give an example. And and it dawned on me that I I actually have a better example than I attempted to use yesterday. And then I'll I'll tell you how this kind of all plays in. So Will the Great and I have two daughters, uh, 15 and 13. And when they were kind of like starting to show their independence as far as like their their dress and what they desired to wear, Mm -hmm. I realized very quickly that I was prone to impose upon them my preference and yet present it with the weight as if it were scripture. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this is what I like for you to wear. Mm -hmm. Okay. But as I continued on doing this, not really initially aware that I was doing this, that I was making them like what I prefer, mm-hmm. right? We just continued on and we kind of run up against this wall. And and my response was, and I'm just being 100% transparent, guys. My response was, no, you're not wearing that. And, and you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, I just don't like it. Mm-hmm. But then the Holy Spirit began to deal with my heart. And to really send me to the scriptures and to find a measuring rod or a measuring stick for how the girls in our family were to dress. And so I went to first Timothy. And when you read first Timothy, you see that the apostle Paul gives some instruction for women who are professing godliness. And when we went to first Timothy chapter two, verse nine, I looked at this with our girls we found that there were three guidelines that we could use because one of the things I had to confess to the girls was that, hey, I need I need to confess to you. I have subjected you to my preference. And that is not always biblical. It is my preference. And so now I am holding you hostage to what I like and not allowing you to look at what the word of God says and be governed by the word of God. Mm. So when we went to first Timothy chapter two, verse nine, the Bible says, likewise also that women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel with modesty and self-control. So we have a three point measure for how the girls will dress. Is it respectable? Is it modest? And does it show self-control? I'll tell you why I bring this up on the other side of the break, and then we'll quickly transition to calls. This is Aaron the Addison's The Friday Edition. We'll take a break, and we'll be right back. Yeah. Uh. Knock me down, but I got up again. Yeah. I'm standing strong, and I can face the wind. Oh, no, no. Made it through the night out. It's a brand new day. And it was only by his grace. Now I can say, I, 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 I made it. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio, trying to clear up some inarticulation from yesterday and uh, just confessing that I don't think I did the best job and talking about why you might see um, 
decline in biblical fidelity as you see the church diversifying. So you see Mm. more cultural diversity in the church. I think this, of course, is my commentary on this. I think some of this departure that we are witnessing is an overcorrection on the part of those who are leading these multi-ethnic churches. I think it's an attempt to write a historic error, which was that when people came to Christ— They were not just converted to Christ, but they were also converted to a culture. So they were converted to a means of living that wasn't just biblical. It was also a matter of preference. And so I think what happens is you have churches who look back on that and say, well, for a person to come to Christ, they didn't have to give up those things that made them culturally distinct right? And so we go back to Acts chapter 15 and we look at the Jerusalem council. And this is this, we should study this in scripture, guys. This is really important to study in scripture because what you actually see here is you see um, sort of a cultural uh, compulsion, right? So you, you see, you see people being compelled to live according to a culture and that being synonymous to their conversion to Christ. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is that the apostles say, no, the Holy Spirit says, no, these people do not have to give up their culture, except when that culture is in rebellion or the aspects of that culture are in rebellion to the holiness of God, when it's in rebellion to the gospel. So those are the things that have to go. And one of the things that I find interesting, and then I'm going to circle back to why I'm using the whole dress thing as an example. One of the things that I find interesting in Acts chapter 15 is that the apostles actually then send a group of brothers back to Antioch where you've got the the first like huge explosion of diversity in the church, right? So yeah. you go back and you look at Antioch as a model. I mean, it's just a, it's an amazing thing to see right. what the spirit of God did. But at the same time, you look and you see that there were men who wanted to impose their culture on these diverse believers. And it was troubling them so much that the apostle Paul uh, and Barnabas, they're like, hold on a second, let's make our way to Jerusalem and let's find out if these Gentile converts actually need to live like Jews, Hmm. right? And so here they go back, and Peter's a part of this. James the Just is a part of this. Again, evidence that the Holy Spirit is leading. And what do they arrive at? They arrive at the conclusion that, no, they don't have to be Jews. They don't have to become Jews to become Christians. They can keep, if the aspects of their culture that do not rival the gospel, they can keep it. Right. And then one of the things that really stands out to me in in scripture, Acts chapter 15, verse 24, um, since let me read it here. Okay, Um, since we have heard that some of our number to whom we gave no instruction have disturbed you with their words, unsettling your souls. So, so deep was this upset that you, you are being told that you can no longer live according to your cultural tradition. Now you have to live like Jews. You have to adopt and establish this new culture. It was upsetting their souls. It was troubling them deeply. And so then these men go back to Antioch from Jerusalem and they spend quite a bit of time there encouraging them. There's words of prophecy that's going forth. You just yeah. read that. It's quite amazing. So here's the point that I'm making. <clears throat> With my daughters, I was I was um, exhausting them with my preference. Mm -hmm. And in fact, what I began to notice is that I was kind of compelling them to dress like someone twice their age. 
right? Like I was, <laughs> and, and then, but then when I saw them start to adopt that, I thought, wait a minute, no, no, you guys are preteens and teens. And so I repented because what I realized is that I, I was, I had my own preference of how I wanted their clothes to look. Right. And the preference was not always based on the biblical prescription. So now what we do is we have this kind of like three point check. We ask the question, is it respectable? Is it modest? Does it show self-control? In other words, and so someone asked the question, what does it mean like to show self-control? Well, the question is just because you can wear it, should you? Mm. Like you, you, you just, I just like it. I can wear it. Oh, it fits me. Mm. Okay. But, but, but is it modest? So all of these kind of check one another. Right. And, and so again, here is the point that I'm making. In some cases, the departure from scripture is an attempt to be empathetic. It's an attempt to right a historic wrong Mm. where you said, hey, black worshipers, come and worship in our midst, but be culturally like us Mm. among white worshipers. Do you understand what I'm saying? I hope that people are getting what I'm saying. Yeah. The Bible does not call for converts to adopt a specific culture apart from what is expressly written that is the culture of Christianity. You know, I hope I, that makes sense. I remember in campus ministry having these conversations about assimilation as opposed to integration. Mm-hmm. You know, to bring people in and say, we want you to act and be just like <laughs> us, as opposed to we welcome the things that you bring that are not sinful. Yes. You yes. know, there's a difference. <laughs> and I Excuse think me. sometimes what happened is, you know, when there's a majority group or whatever, it's like, no, we need everybody assimilate, be like us. That's and right. That's not, and, and I think the know, key to what you're saying is majority group because it can happen mm-hmm. with any culture. With any culture. Can, exactly yeah. right. Exactly right. And so, yeah, yeah I get I, I get your point. I think it's clear. You know, okay. yeah, I think I think it's clear. Yes. So 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 the, so just to put a little bow on it and then mm-hmm. move. Well, actually, <clears throat> let me give the phone lump, the it's Friday. wait for monday though wait for monday because (laughs) then it'll be it's monday 888-589-8840 888-589-8840 you can comment on anything we've talked about all week long you can celebrate the fathers in your life um i hope that you will do that um it's friday so everything gets to go in the pot Mm -hmm. we already talked about what's What's not um, 888-589-8840. So as, as the phone lines are open and the calls are getting queued up, mm-hmm. um, let me just make sure to say this. When we talk about a departure from the authority of scripture and we talk about the loss of biblical worldview, there are very subtle and yet persistent jabs at our trusting the word of God, at our trusting scripture, and we've got to be on guard. So here's the thing. You've got to be able to say every faithful Christian has got to be able to look at scripture. And when you see the places where you miss it, you've got to say, hey, I missed it here. Let's go back to scripture to recalibrate. It can't be, I missed it here, so now let me overextend myself so that you feel better about my apology, right? Mm-hmm. So let me tell you what that would look like. That would look like with my with our daughters mm-hmm. if I said, oh, man, I was making you wear... Is making you wear 40 year old tops. And you know what I mean? Like you don't need to be wearing 40 year old tops. 
which whatever that looks like. I mean, you know, I think I think my clothes are pretty fresh, but but still. Um, so so now to yeah. correct that, what I'm not gonna do mm. is go and say, oh, let me find spaghetti noodle strap this and and this and cut out this and all of this, yeah. so that you guys can live like the culture is living. That's not the correction. Right. The correction is so you know what, guys, mom's gotten this wrong, and I'm sorry, I've made my preference the law, so to speak. So let's go back to the word of God. This requires humility, by the way, by the way. So you say, let's go back to the word of God and let's sit down together and let's look at what the Bible says. And let's agree that God's word is good and right and true and worthy to be applied. And let's pull out from the scriptures the points that we can always lean on. So we can ask ourselves, is it modest? Is it um, does it show self-control? And then um, is it respectable? If we do this now, if, if people can kind of like apply this to the, the bigger picture of the departure from Scripture, if we can say we have compelled people to behave in ways that are not expressly laid out in Scripture and we've called that salvation, then we can say, hold on a second. Let's actually go back to the word of God and see what the Lord requires of us. Does that I hope that that makes sense. And I hope that that's encouraging. And by the way, that can happen in any context where you've got, as Will the Great pointed out, quote unquote, the dominant culture mm-hmm. and um <clears throat> Anyways, all right. Will the Great, are we ready to go to phone lines? Yeah, we're ready. We're ready. All right, let's go. Okay, um, let's go to Angela in Louisiana. Hi, Angela. Hello. 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 I want to honor my father. Mm-hmm. He taught me how to swim. How to swim. Oh. And while I was growing up, his name for me was Legs. L-E-G-G-S, <laughs> because my legs were so long. But when he left our family... He didn't call me legs anymore until about two years before the end of his life. Hmm. He he felt like he had redeemed himself. He didn't come to know Christ. And one day on accident, he called me legs. And I gave him the opportunity, or he gave me the opportunity to say it was just fine that he, hmm. he can call me legs. I hmm. want to honor my mother's husband. His name is Bobby. Mm-hmm. I've never, they've never called us step-parents. Mm-hmm. I called him my parent. He has been a wonderful father to me and a great-grandfather to my daughter for 32 mm-hmm. years. And I want to honor my my father in heaven because when I became single with my daughter, who was about 13, I just encouraged her that she still had a father and he was in heaven and he was taking care of her. And I did not realize that, um, that that fulfilled the need in my life. Um, because one day someone said, Oh, you are a single parent. And I said really quick, Oh no, I wasn't. And then I realized I had been, but my father in heaven had been my husband and my daughter's father. That's mm. all I'd like to say. And I'd like to thank all the fathers and all the people, even girls or men that, that didn't have close relationships. I tell people we can make a decision to have a good day that day and to honor God by choosing to have a good day, even within the pain. Thank you. Oh, Angela, thank you so much. I really do appreciate you sharing those sentiments. Man, there's so much in what you said. And and I'm thinking of what you began with with mm-hmm. your father 
um, your biological father and the work that God did there in your relationship with him before his passing. And I, you know, it's, it's, it's not exactly similar, but it reminds me of the relationship with my own father, where in his own way, he apologized for deserting our family. He yeah. actually left my mother. And I remember um, being a, a teenager, um, oh, I guess about 18 or 19, and um, and talking with him as we were riding or driving through the streets of, of Dallas. And he just starts talking. And, you know, I grew up without him, so I didn't really know him. But he said in a Texas drawl, um, he said, you know, sometimes things just don't turn out the way you want. You know, that's what he said. And and man, I'm, I praise God for the Holy Spirit because I was able to recognize that that was his way of apologizing for not being in my life. And, you know, you have a moment where you can like kind of you could make that person kind of pay for that. Right. Like you could be silent or you could be angry. But, man, I've been forgiven. I've been forgiven. Amen. And he didn't look at me. He was actually, he was driving my car. He was driving around <laughs> Dallas with, with my sister and I. And, 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 and I turned to him as he was driving and I said, I forgive you. And he said, well, all right then. And that was it. <laughs> we never talked about it again. You know what I mean? And, and there's something powerful about understanding that some people mm. will do the best that they can. Yeah. And we just have to recognize that. All right, Will the Great, where do we go next? All right, let's go to Dennis in Texas. Hi, Dennis. Hey, Will, I want to say happy Father's Day to you and everybody out there. Oh, thank you. Real quickly, Will, I'm going to say you and Nick are both. Mm -hmm. uh, this is all spiritual warfare. It's nothing but the devil deceiving people into thinking things that aren't true whatsoever. And the mm. problem is people don't look for the truth, which is in the Bible. Amen. Mm. Amen. No, you're right. Absolutely. You're right. One hundred percent. I think that's one of the biggest problems because, you know, that's where we find the answers to all of the questions. Instead of going to the world, you know, and, and seeing what uh, like putting our finger up in the air and seeing, you know, the temperature and the breeze of the culture. Man, we have the word of God, which is solid. Amen. You know, and if we would go there. We will find everything that we need, everything that pertains to life and godliness. Amen. We have been given. And so I think you're right on spot, Dennis. Absolutely. Man, I, I appreciate you being succinct in those comments because I think sometimes people think that it's not as cut and dry as what Dennis just presented, yeah. but it absolutely is. And in fact, if you have this approach to things, it keeps us from heresy. Come it keeps on. us from departing from the truth because yes. we are now seeking the mm. truth. Dennis, yeah. thank you so much. Thank I appreciate you, you calling in. Will the Great, where do we go next? All right, let's go to Nyanda in Texas. Hi, how are you guys doing? Great. Hello. Hi, I just want to call in and, and say happy Father's Day to my husband, Jonathan, who's listening. We love you guys. We listen, we listen daily. Um, neither one of us had fathers in the home. Mm -hmm. And so to watch my husband not only be a father in the home, but a godly father mm. to our two daughters, Jasper and Joy, who are 14 and 14 months, is wow. such a blessing. And I just want to tell him that I love him. I know he's listening. And I'm just so thankful that the Lord has, uh, the Lord brought us together Amen. over 16 years ago and has allowed us to grow in, in wisdom and grace uh, to be able to raise our daughters and especially him being a godly father. And so just, I just want to say that today. You guys have a great day. 
Oh, oh that awesome. is wonderful. Man, Nayanda, thank you so much. Happy Father's Day to yes. Jonathan. I'm telling you, there's something about kind of vicariously experiencing <laughs> fatherhood through your children when you have grown up fatherless. Mm. Um, there's just something that's very sweet when you watch your husband interact with the children that God has given you to. I mean, it's just an amazing thing. So happy Father's Day to Jonathan. We're going to grab the break. We'll come back and continue celebrating dads. 888-589-8840. Fathers are essential. Yes. We'll be right back. I believe somebody's pulling strings. Don't start me. They want me to get the vaccine. They can't mark me. They got mad when I told them that sage is witchcraft, removing bad spirits with smoke like that. Get rid of that. It's crazy. I don't play them games with Satan. Nah, forcing things to happen ain't natural. That's just playing God. God. They trying to run me out the booth, persecuting me for telling the truth. They never knew. Nah. Somebody needs to go and give God Some people are like, wait, hold up. Don't stop him now. <laughs> let him let him continue. Let him speak. Let the man have his say. <laughs> I love our listeners, especially the ones I make up. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Funny. Sorry, guys. All right. Uh, welcome back to Aaron the Addison's. Mm. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's <laughs> on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Kirion the Light with Witchcraft. Yes. The problem is, the problem <laughs> is is that sometimes my jokes continue to play out in my head. I don't share the rest of it. And so then I gotta bring it back together, right? Because I'm laughing in myself. All right, well, the great it is Father's Day this Sunday. Mm -hmm. um, I was going to try to wait until Sunday, but there's going to be something waiting for you outside of uh, the studio when you leave. <laughs> yeah, no, there's not. Um, but but hey, it's not going to be that thin little two bread and meat sandwich. Oh, right? yeah. We've, we've, we've done that something very special so for sad, you. Man. I was it's like, so oh. sad. It is so sad, man. I, I Oh, good grief. Guys, here's the problem. The problem is, have you ever looked inside a Walmart on a Mother's Day weekend? Mm. Have you ever seen the chaos is like the, <laughs> it, the chaos that is the card section and the balloons and the chocolates Candy, and yeah. everything? Have you ever seen it? It looks like the Tasmanian devil went through. <laughs> <laughs> and especially oh, the man. wonderful people that are there on midnight or, you know, at midnight on Saturday. Mm. I've never been there. I'm just saying, especially the people that are there doing that, you know. The ones that are at the Walgreens trying to get even just a Carmex for their mom, they're like, any, like a lip balm. But on Father's Day, there's just not the same not hurriedness. Yeah, traffic is a little lighter. Everything just kind of like. <laughs> traffic is a little lighter, man. Just, you know, everybody's just kind of like, oh, it is Sunday, isn't it? <laughs> oh. Okay, wow. well, I guess we go see Pop Pop. Come <laughs> right. on. Steak dinners Man. for mom. And you're like, well, let's get him these fries. <laughs> Just kidding, guys. I'm only I'm joking. We don't want to do that. We want to we want to um, highlight it so that we don't we don't replicate it. All right. Um, Will the Great. Let's go back to the phone lines because our listeners are calling in to say happy Father's Day to their fathers and to their amongst husbands. Other things, but yeah, amongst other things. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go to Anthony in Mississippi. Hi, Anthony. Good afternoon. Hey. I want to say happy Father's Day to you, Will. Thank you. And Mickey. Uh, Mickey, you hit on something out of Acts 15 today that a lot of people don't really understand, and you're right. We need to teach that area because too many folks are listening to society, and I'm one uh, to be black American, uh, 
having been married to my wife for uh, 24 years to her passing two years ago, I almost stopped my fellowship with a predominantly white church, which was right around the corner from my house, where the Lord sent me. Hmm. But what he sent me back was to let people know and understand. There's going to be every type of person of color and language that will enter into his kingdom because they have put their faith and trust, not just only in his son, but they are asking daily for the Holy Spirit to strengthen them to walk in the truth that is in the gospel. Mm. That's what we're supposed to do in love. Mm -hmm. So for a lot of folks that I experience, hey, the fact that I go to a church like that, it's a problem for them. It's not a problem for me mm. because once the Lord opened up revelation about the innumerable amount of people that's going to enter his kingdom out of the tribulation, which I don't want to be in the tribulation, if they're coming out of it through their trust in the Lord, my goal is to put the trust now and then share his word with everybody else. That's what I liked about Barnabas and Paul when they went back to Jerusalem to get clarification. And I like the way the committee went the help of the Holy Spirit, telling them what to tell the Gentiles mm. to do and how to walk. Mm-hmm. And I just wish more pastors would begin to preach and teach on those things in mm. the scripture. Man, yeah. that's good. It's, Brother Anthony, that's thank good, you Brother so Anthony. much for calling. You know, I, I just, man, I I hope that we as members of the body of Christ, that we will encourage one another to return to the authority of God's word. Amen. What is it that we are going to face where we're going to stump scripture? We're just not. We're not going to get to the place where we're like, man, I wish we had some kind of principle that we could apply. No, God has set us up to win. Mm. And so that includes everything that comes at us. So, amen. It's it's amen. in the word, Brother Anthony. Thank you so much for calling. And happy Father's Day yes. this weekend to you as well. Will the Great, where do we go next? All right, let's go to Logan in Texas. Hi, Logan. Hello. Yeah, Hello. go ahead. <laughs> Hello? Okay. Do All we, right. Do we, we lost we lose we hung up. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, let's go to Cynthia in Texas. Hi, Cynthia. Hello. Hello. Hello, 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 hello. How y'all doing? <laughs> We're doing Happy great. Happy Father's Day, Brother Will. Thank you. Yeah, let me tell you, I I woke up today and I turned and looked at my clock and it had 9-11 on it, right? Mm. And then in my spirit, I came across, you know, I, I watched the movie. I'm sure y'all saw it because it's, uh, it's produced by AFA, The Pilgrim's Progress, mm-hmm. you know, by John Bunyan. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I really mm-hmm. encourage you and, you know, you or your family, you know, really soon or just the listeners to really watch it or read the book again. Mm-hmm. Because I, I watched it, you know, right after I got up today. And, you know, one of the last couple of things before, you know, he got to the celestial city, it was like, the, you know, the good shepherd warned him to beware of flattery and, the, and don't go to sleep in the enchanted ground. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And the enchanted ground was based on First Thessalonians, Thessalonians 5, verses 6, that says, Let us not sleep as do others, mm-hmm. but let us watch and be sober. Mm-hmm. And then I just wanted to give a little practical advice for people what we're going through right now, because I used to be part of Sierra Club. One of some of the practical suggestions, okay, for the times we're in, is like when you turn it on the shower, waiting for the water to turn from cold to hot, put a bucket under there, catch the water, and then use that water to flush the toilets, because we all need to try to conserve. Turn your water off when you're brushing your teeth or when you're shaving, and keep your AC, you know, 78 or above, and then try to wash and dry your clothes at night. And I just wanted to end like this. You know, he said, those that endure to the end shall be saved. And let's stay on the narrow road that Mm. leads to life. Let's keep our eyes on the joy that is set before us. Amen. Well, Cynthia, thank you so much. I really appreciate you calling in. I, I, you know, I think it's really interesting that you just mentioned uh, the Pilgrim's Progress and and things like that. In fact, uh, well, if you're going to be at the Marriage Family Life Conference you're going to see why I think it's really interesting that Cynthia mentioned that. So anyways, uh, thank you so much for that, Cynthia. I appreciate it. Will the Great, where do we go next? All right, let's go to Stephanie in Tennessee. Hi, Stephanie. Hey, you guys. Thank you so much for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Sure. I, I wanted to celebrate my dad. All right. Um, yes. I am, I'm 54 years old, mm-hmm. and my dad's been gone for six years. Mm-hmm. But he was such a godly man and, and a great influence on everybody. Um, after he retired, I've got two real quick stories. After he retired from his daily work, he was working with the teens at his church, and he's also a substitute teacher. Hmm. Now, anybody that's ever been in the public school systems knows that nobody likes substitute teachers. <laughs> you know, they, don't, they don't get respect. Right. They don't, I never respected them. They don't get respect. Hmm. But because of my dad being who he is, the kids were not afraid to talk to him. Mm-hmm. And one kid came in on a Monday morning, and he went up to him. He says, uh, Mr. Ken, guess what I found over the weekend? Now, that's a very leading question. <laughs> you know, what did you find over the weekend? <laughs> yeah. And he said, I found Jesus. Mm-hmm. Oh. And they spent the whole class time talking about that. Wow. wow. Man, now, awesome. in my own life, um, we were raised in church, mm-hmm. and when I was 18, I decided that, that I'm gay, mm. and I lived that lifestyle for many, many years, had a, very, had a committed partner, was not willing to give that up, but at 41, God got a hold of me again, mm. and, and he pulled me in, and I turned loose of a lot of things. But the one thing I was not willing to give up was my identity as a lesbian. Mm-hmm. And about four months after I got saved, God saw fit to take that from me. Mm. He took it completely. And the first thing I did was I called my parents. Mm. And I told them. And that's when I found out that my parents prayed for me every day mm. for 22 years. <laughs> Man. Every day. Wow. Wow. My dad never gave up. They never lost faith. They mm. knew that wow. one day that God would answer. And, and those two things, they're so timely right now. Mm. Yes, yes, they I are. I just thought about that. They're so timely. Yes. Oh, but maybe, Steve. and I just wanted to give some hope 
to some people out there and to celebrate my dad. Oh, oh my thank goodness. You so thank much, you so much for wow. sharing that. Man, Praise how God. rich that testimony is. And you look, we talk a lot um, just mm. in general as, as people. We talk about legacy and we talk about what it is to leave a legacy and what it is that mm. we're doing with this life that God has so graciously given us. But I'm going to tell you, if if it could be a part of any of our legacy, that our prayers brought people into the kingdom. Come on. And and to have that Man. come from your father, that yes. your father prayed for you and interceded for you, and the Lord graciously opened your eyes. Stephanie, thank you so much thank you. for sharing that. Oh, man, how mm. awesome is that? Will the Great, where do we go next? All right, let's go to Samuel in Texas. Hi, Samuel. Hello, um, hello, uh, Will, Mickey. Um, I want to say um, happy Father's Day to you, thank you, and I want to say happy Father's Day to all the fathers that are out there. Um, and I just want to just give a quick honor to my father, even though I haven't seen him in over 20 plus, 25, 30 years. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless, I want to give honor because at the time that I was growing up, he there were certain things that he instilled in me um, before he went to prison and things of that nature that mm-hmm. was more of a work ethic. So I want to give that particular mm-hmm. honor to him on that. Um, and I wanted to make a point in, about what Miki was mentioning about how far that there's no biblical worldview so much is lacking in the church. And I want to say that started even in Israel because, and I want to just go with Jeremiah 18, 15, where it says in the scriptures version, it says, but my people have forgotten me and they have burned incense to what is false. And they have stumbled from their ways, from the ancient path to the walk and bypass and not on the highway. Mm-hmm. And I believe that is the, the problem with um, modern Christendom today because there's been so much teaching about this is the Old Testament, it's not applicable, Mm. and this is the New Testament and things of that nature. I remember when I was in Germany for so many years, we'd go to a German service, for example. They would literally sit whenever anything was written, um, read from the Old Testament. Anything was written or read from the New Testament, people would stand up. And I thought all this conditioning was very interesting. But in reality, he has given us his Torah teachings and instructions for us to live by. And he, and he basically says that it's for everyone, whether you're a native Israeli that born as an Israel or a Hebrew, or you're not born. But we, we are grafted into the root. We are grafted into the trunk, and that is his ways. And I believe if we were to go back to the ancient past, really dig into the, those first five books, the Torah, um, from Genesis to Deuteronomy, and glean out from there where his ways, his teachings, his instructions are, and start applying those things to our lives, we will come closer to understanding and having a biblical worldview in the right way that we need when we're looking through the New Testament. And I just wanted to bring that particular thing out. Hmm. Okay, I I appreciate what you're saying. I, I will say this to you, though, Brother Samuel, I think that what you're touching on here we could probably do an entire show on because I'm not exactly sure what you mean when you say return to the Old Testament. And so, but I don't, I don't want to assume that I know what you mean, but I, I do think that there could be a whole program done because I, I know that there is a movement um, for a lot of keeping of the law in the Old Testament and sort of like a um, getting back to Jewish roots. There's a, there's a movement there. And so I would just want to be careful because I wouldn't want to just be nodding in agreement. I do not believe that the keeping of the law saves us or that we are compelled to return to the law in fact, I would go back to Acts chapter 15 to say that we have a, actually a 
biblical precedent that says we shouldn't or that we don't have to. Um, but I'm not sure that that's exactly what you're saying. So I want to be gracious and I want to be very careful here. Yeah. But I do agree with you. The return to the authority of Scripture um, we need. And I agree with what you said that the Old Testament does help us understand what's going on in the New Testament. Amen. You know, Amen. because it's it's, it's kind of foretelling what's going to happen and mm-hmm. it's all prophecy and things like that. So I agree with that, but that uh, is duly noted, Mickey. Yeah, I think um, Augustine, if I remember the quote correctly, he said that the new is in the old concealed and the old is in the new revealed. And so we, we mm. don't want to unhitch or unhinge Right. From the Old Testament, as right. some among us have said. <laughs> All right. Happy Father's Day this weekend. Until Monday, Lord willing. God bless.